0: Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Joel T. Coleman. Woo! here with you on a Sunday afternoon, Victory Sunday, be brought to you by Mississippi State Basketball. We're going to talk about them in the second half of the show. Big win for the uh, for the Bulldogs. we want to talk about some other things as well. We want to thank you guys for tuning in at sports talk. I'm sorry, at Supertalk.fm or wherever it is that you're getting podcasts from. We appreciate you guys listening. Appreciate all of our listeners, especially the servicemen and women who are out there taking care of us. Appreciate our sponsors, Strange Brew Coffeehouse and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. We uh, always love talking about them. And I, from what I can tell, it's not going to be long now for that second location, uh, the downtown location for Strange Brew to be, to be done. So wherever you are in Startable, they're going to be able to, to help you out, give you that little extra boost that you need. I need a boost right now. I'm of. Kinda... Did you not? Did you go get it before?
1: No, it's it's coming afterwards. I sh, I didn't really have time to get it before. I guess could have told you it was, was going to be later than. Yeah, I you was. could have said, and you probably would have cared, but
0: I, I didn't. So you could have just been later, and I wouldn't have said anything. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I'm very easygoing.
1: I appreciate that. As am I. So it's, it's the holidays. It, it too. Work, it know, works out. You
0: should. You should never. Uh, you know, you should, uh, never, uh, you know don't, don't, don't 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 be that way during the holidays. We're,
1: we're, we're the perfect couple. We
0: just we don't we we don't have any sports teams in common
1: though. No, but. But we get each other. I guess. I don't know. You, you I'm a pretty good Bob replacement. You why, why? Well,
0: see, this is what you do. You do this all the time. You're not a Bob replacement, All right. This isn't the B&B show, and Joel Coleman just slid. This is a new show. We started. I started fresh. It's true. I don't. I don't look at it that way. But, but, but,
1: but in your mind, no. In your mind, no. There's this bar of Bob that no. I, I will no. forever be reaching for. No.
0: And, like uh, I said, as long as you're not over there scrolling Instagram while I'm trying to
1: talk, I'm, we're, we're, you're probably doing better. <laughs> as long as the Braves aren't playing, I'm pretty well in tune. Exactly.
0: With exactly. So, we say all that to say that you should go to Churn and Spoon Ice Cream at Strange Fruit Coffeehouse. You should also go to College Corner at either one of their two locations in the Jackson area by Ridgeland, uh, by the Fleet Feet, or by the Half Shell in Flowood, and you can see their huge selection of MSU merchandise. You're running out of time, folks. Ten days away from Christmas morning. Don't... Don't have the wrong gifts under the tree. Have the right gifts. Have that maroon and white polo, that Adidas polo, the that, that hoodie, the uh, the stuff that your your family wants. Have it under the tree. You can get it at College Corner or shop online at collegecornerstore.com. Joel T., we are going to talk about uh, basketball in the second half of the show, but we're going to talk about a little football to start here. And what we're going to talk about is this. Sometimes, and, and it happens pretty often, you know, somebody – Uses this this last month of the season, these these fifteen practices, and then the bowl game, and it becomes sort of a launching point for them for the next season. You know, uh, or somebody just comes out of nowhere and has a huge game. I think about Mark McLaurin; he, he's a good player for Missou, but forever remembered for three picks against Lamar Jackson. You know, you just have somebody who shows up like that every now and then. Right now, just looking at this roster and looking ahead, you know, thinking ahead to next season the the obvious answer is Garrett Schrader. Yeah. So let's talk about him first, I guess. How important is this last month? How important is it? It, it looks like he's going to be starting. You you got to talk to Joe Moore on Friday.
1: I had to <laughs> well, fight the traffic. Chaotic. Well, I had to fight it too, but somehow some way, I guess I snuck in just before yeah. the barricades went up. I, I was literally if I had taken one more lap around campus,
0: I was going to snap. And I said That's I the- I could tell from the from the group message that
1: you were on I was, on the I was verge. like
0: I I I took one more lap and I when the cop, when the when the cops was like we're blocking all roads towards the football building, that's when I said I'm going home. Yeah, and uh, I, I just I didn't talk to Joe, <laughs> but you did, and he did say that Schrader is the number one quarterback right now. Stevens still not a hundred percent. Yeah, I fully expect Garrett Schrader. Hearing that, it's been three weeks since they played a game. If Schrader, if Stevens isn't hundred percent, he's not going to be hundred percent. This probably. is going to be Garrett Schrader's game. How important is last this last month of the season for him going into next season? Not just for this this season, but for going into next season. Well, I I think it's
1: really important, and, you know, it may be bigger than just Garrett Schrader, though, in in that, you know, you think back to 2013 and Dak's monstrous performance in the Liberty Bowl. Mm. That was big for him individually, but that was kind of the, to me anyway, and maybe some listening will disagree, but to me that was kind of the first log on the fire of what became the 2014 season. Yeah, I mean, it it allowed everyone – to kind of get over the fact that you just had a six and six year. Um, you saw what Dak could do and it kind of built into this momentum that that became the humongous snowball up downhill, however you want to say it, that, that, that just kept gaining steam and became twenty fourteen when you when you rose to number one in the nation and, and you you all know what happened that year. I think in much the same way if Garrett was to come out and have a humongous performance against Louisville and Nashville, and State wins the game handedly, and Garrett has you know really good numbers and looks great throwing the footballs, and he looks good running the football, and all those things can kind of have some of the same effect that, that Dak had in 13. It'll kind of, I think, let people have a good taste in their mouth at the end of the season, despite all the ups and downs, much as, much the same way as Liberty Bowl did six years ago. It, it can just kind of cleanse the palate a little bit from, from what this this season was. I think it would be humongous because it, it would get everyone... I mean, I think every, everybody's kind of on the Garrett Schrader train anyway. Everybody thinks he's going to be really good and he's got the personality and, and everything to, to, that people kind of cling to. But if he is to come out and, and, and have a humongous day... I just think that everyone from Joe Moorhead to Bob and Gachita, every single person in between will feel a lot better about about twenty nineteen and get them a lot more excited for twenty twenty. So I, I think it's more big picture, more so than just the sixty minutes of football that that Garrett puts up for him individually.
0: What's also, you know, sort of a if A then B kind of situation, if Schrader has a big day, it probably means in the passing game, one of the receivers had a big day. Yeah. So if it's not Dedrick Thomas or Stephen Gidry, who I, I wouldn't hold my breath on, uh, you got a chance for it to be a guy that's coming back next season, a guy like Osiris Mitchell who started out so well and then completely just dropped off the map basically the last six games of the year. Is it important for him to, to sort of finish strong? Otherwise, you feel like you're going to go into the offseason thinking, what what the heck happened to that guy?
1: Well, I, I don't know that you know if osiris comes out and has a huge day i don't know that anybody's sitting back in their in their chair for the next six seven months thinking oh we're good at receiver now osiris had a big game in the music city bowl you know yeah. I, I don't know anybody no, i agree that. that i agree with that i mean there, there will still be concern but it would it would absolutely be uh a, a feather in 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 his cap and at least maybe some sense of of hope for everyone else that that he could be a a significant piece, at least, move, moving forward. I, I just don't know what state has an Osiris Mitchell. I still don't. That's, know. That's I, very I have fair. no idea. You know, he, he kind of was on this upward trajectory, and it looked like it was going to continue on that upward trajectory through the first couple of games this year, and then it just kind of fell off cliff, and yeah. he hadn't done anything much since. So, right. And, and Osiris, I, I really just don't know. You know is there still a ceiling that he hasn't gotten to yet, or in like week two or three, was that kind of his ceiling and from then on, it's just not going to get any better than that it's It's, it's really incredible how quickly he fell off. you know he was having a really
0: good year through the first four or five weeks of the year, and then it just it just went away. and he, I think he need, he he might be the player on this roster who needs the biggest boost going into the off season. He, he needs something to remind him of what he was doing the first few weeks of the season. He needs to have some positive momentum because he hasn't done anything. He had the touchdown catch against uh, Arkansas. That was the only catch in the game. And since then, I mean, he just hasn't done anything. He, he's, to me, is the one guy I want to see. And I don't, I, I'm at the point now where I'm not expecting six, seven catches for 100-plus yards. But to have four catches for 65 yards, maybe a touchdown, would, would be good for Osiris Mitchell. You know,
1: I don't know. I don't have any numbers in front of me, and if you went and looked, perhaps I'm wrong. But it seems like 75% or more of Osiris Mitchell's production comes when Tommy Stevens is the quarterback. I mean, you're probably not wrong. I mean, it just doesn't seem like Garrett and Osiris had quite the the connection that that Tommy and Osiris did. That said, I mean, I'm just going strictly off of memory there. I I can – just in my mind, I see more Tommy to Osiris completions and plays than I do – Garrett to Osiris completion, but that said, I mean Tommy's a little bit more of a passer, so it makes a little right. bit of sense. It's not but it it just seemed like those two had a little more of a chemistry or whatever words you want to use than than when Garrett's in the game and and that may be part of it too um'cause i tommy we heard him talk a lot back during the fall, even i mean before the season about how he he and Osiris worked a lot together. I, I don't know that Garrett and Osiris didn't work together, they may right. have. But I know for a fact that that Tommy and Osiris did. So it just kind of really seems like those two two had a a connection that perhaps geared in. And that that could be part of the answer as to why Osiris kind of fell off a little bit.
0: Yeah. Looking at, at his stats, Osiris has five touchdown catches on the year. I remember, what, one against... The one against Arkansas was Tommy. The one against Kansas State was Tommy. The one against Southern was Tommy. The one against... Louisiana was Tommy, so I don't know where the other one is off the top of my head. But four of his five touchdown catches came from Tommy Stevens.
1: and maybe five of five if yeah. we found the other one. But we would
0: have to find it. Yeah,
1: um, yeah. It's just I don't know if if that's more of a Tommy's first read and, and just trust Osiris a little more kind of thing. I don't know. So I, I do think that maybe part of Osiris's drop off can be attributed to the he had, quarterback he had a touchdown sh-
0: against Auburn. That would have been late in the game. So, so yeah, that'd that would have been Garrett. That would Garrett, yeah.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: yeah. So, I, I just l- – Listen to these numbers. They're, they really are incredible. First, one, two, three, four, five, six games. Six for 88, two for 46, five for 74, four for 36, two for 33, five for 58. That's Osiris Mitchell. After the Tennessee game, no catches against LSU, one for nine against Alabama – I'm sorry, A&M. One for 33 and a touchdown against Arkansas. Nothing against Alabama. One for six against Abilene Christian. Nothing against Ole Miss. I mean, that is, he was on pace. He had three catches. He had 30 catches six weeks into the season. He was on pace for 60 catches. He was on pace for 700 plus yards. He was on pace for eight touchdowns. And he completely fell off. That, to me, just looking at it, he was hurt and didn't say something. There's no way he just fell off like that. That, that doesn't make any sense. Because mm-hmm. they certainly – I don't believe they didn't target him. But that's, that's incredible that he had – basically, he had 383 yards receiving. After October the 12th, he had, 42, he had 48 yards receiving in six games. Hit eight yards a game. <laughs> I mean, if he doesn't catch a long touchdown against Arkansas, which was a hell of a catch – he only has two catches for 15 yards in the final uh, six weeks of the season. That has to be some sort of injury that he was fighting. I, I'm not. I don't know that for sure. But explain it any other way. <laughs> you just, really can't just use logic. You know, just use reason. There, there's no other way around that.
1: <laughs> and I mean, when you when you when you add that up with the fact that Stephen Gidry dropped any. Dropped anything that that came his way. Um, it just there's no wonder. There's absolutely no wonder that State's offense just kind of struggles to move the football. Uh, I mean, it, you have a guy that's I, basically I just, doing I just nothing. Laid it out right there. Yeah, you have another guy that drops half. <laughs> it's not half. half, but half. It's, You're it's being ha- half being generous. He, just, he drops a lot. Uh, no wonder State's not moving the football. Yeah. You know, it's Kylan and the run game or bust, which is. That's another thing to look at in this bowl game, Kylan's last game. And then, yeah. gosh, what happens to that running back room? But we kind of already talked about that I don't think bit.
0: we're going to find out anything about that because I think Kylan and Nick Gibson will get the carries because you want to win. Yeah. Defensively, is the answer easy as well as it Willie Gay? Uh,
1: yeah, or Marcus Murphy. Yeah. Somebody like that to uh, who didn't get much action this year that could come out and, and really get you excited for what they could do for you next year. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that said, like with Willie, uh, he's one of the guys getting NFL draft grades. We did learn that on right. Friday night and stuff. I mean, there's there's still a chance, I guess, that he could declare. Although I think that would sh- that would shock me if he yeah. did. Yeah, it would. I mean, if if, you, if the grades come back and it's something that you can't turn down, I get right. it. But I just I can't imagine that after only playing four games this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I guess I know. that I think scouts really don't look at that. There's other tools and things they look at.
0: But, but at the same time, they might look at him and say, okay, this is a guy who was suspended for eight games this year. He got thrown out of another game. Uh, he's been thrown out twice in his career. They might tell him like, "Look, your talent's great, but we want to see some maturity." You know, that might be. And I don't know how these grades work. Yeah. I mean, I think the grades are really generic. They're just like first round, second, third round. Go back to school. But there might be some specific feedback that surely he can get. Talk to his scout and be like, "Look, kid, you got all the talent in the world." But we want to see you as a leader. We want to, you know, and I don't know if that's the case or not. I am I might just be projecting what I'd like to see. But I don't know. For, for Willie Gay, though, State's defense was clearly better with those three. And it's not a surprise. Yeah. It's not a surprise that three starters imagine, come back in and you're better. Imagine that. You put more talent on the field. Exactly. Your defense
1: seems to be better.
0: But, you know, this is – as much as Errol Thompson being team captain and everything, this is really feels like it's going to be Willie Gay's defense next year if he comes back. He's the best player. He's the
1: best player defensively, and that he's kind you have. of the emotional leader too. I mean, just yeah. the energy that he brings is is infectious. I mean, you saw that against Kentucky. Uh, you, you've seen it throughout his career. He, he's a he is a guy that you can kind of feed off of, and uh, so so yeah, I, I think you're right. Even if Errol's back, this kind of he's that vocal guy, you know. And, I, and I'm not saying Errol's not, but it kind of seems like Errol's a little bit more, a little more reserved, you know. I – I'm not in the locker room, so he he could get up in the grill and I not see it. But um, Willie's a little more out there with that personality, which is kind of what you were talking about. He needs to rein some of that in, you know. Yeah. From a uh, you know getting out of hand standpoint, but right. but you're right. I could see him being the, the 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 guy to kind of be the focal point of that defense. So if he has a huge game, no, another. He could do defensively, kind of what Garrett could do offensively. Yeah. Get you kind of feeling really good about where the defense stands.
0: The other, there's two other defensive players I want to talk about, cornerbacks. Uh, I guess really we're talking about three, but you know, with Cameron, Cam Cam Dantzler's out, obviously, and, and Mari Smitherman has been out. So Jerry Jones, Martin Emerson, Tyler Williams want to go ahead and start seeing some. You know, who how that's going to work itself out. Like to see one of those guys, you know, get their hands on, on a pick if that happens that's the kind of thing especially for those true, those two true freshmen that is something that can linger and take positive talk about taking positive momentum if darian jones gets a pick you know think about 2 years ago cam is a redshirt freshman what did he do in that game he picked off lamar jackson he springboarded from there into the starting lineup and became a guy who's probably going to be a top 3 round nfl draft choice I think you have the same opportunity here for one of those one of those three guys, depending on just, just who
1: is it, who is it going to be. Yeah, and uh, so it's so tough to kind of project turnovers. Yeah, you, you know, can't do you it. You just yeah. can't. You can't do it. But you're right from a, a confidence standpoint. And again, I keep going back to this, but I think from a fan confidence standpoint, not that you go into a bowl game saying, "All right, guys, we got to play well so our fans feel good about us." I mean, you go in to win, right? But but, I mean, from just the outside looking in, I think that everybody that buys season tickets and rings a cowbell and, and wears maroon and white and roots for Mississippi State would just like to see some signs of something that says 2020 is going to be a different deal than 2019. Right. And that would be huge. You know, yeah. if Jerry Jones or somebody gets a pick and uh, Willie Gay is the emotional guy that, that, that kind of leads the defense and Garrett Strader's out there throwing and running for touchdowns. and. Then, then you move into next year thinking, you know what, we could win eight games kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I, and so I, I think that uh, outside looking in, that's what this bowl game is more so than anything. I know we're talking about individual players, but I just when you look at it from just a win-loss standpoint, the mindset of the people that root for Mississippi State, I think if State loses this game, you're going to have eight months of just whining and moaning. Oh, you're right about that. One hundred percent, you
0: know, one hundred percent. Six and seven with Lane Kiffin and Oxford State fans are gonna be angry all all off season. No question about it. But if you win, and then you do what you're supposed to do on signing day, which we're gonna talk a lot more, but as we get closer to, uh, you know, I don't think everybody's happy, but they're at least locked in and ready for next season. Yeah, you know, I would say that. You know, they're at least like
1: okay. Probably satisf- sat- I don't even satisfied. Satisfied's not the right word either.
0: Word. They're not pleased. They're not satisfied. They're not content. I don't know what the word is to be honest with you. It's just you they're know, willing to wait and see. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know if that's even right, but they, I don't even know. Yeah, there's it's an odd, <laughs> it's an odd uh, status for Mississippi State fans. They're not happy. They're not overly angry. They're they're perturbed. They're just all right. You know, they're they're, they're sort of impatient. You just okay. Man, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Instead Thanks.
1: of boiling, they're just simmering.
0: The, they're on the they're on the back burner. There's a little bubble rising to the surface every now and then, and the, you know that pot can be turned off or turned on just depending yeah. on. It what can happens, go either direction. What happens? So, going to be interesting to see who you know if anybody has a big bowl game. If anybody can take that momentum and sort of make it something positive, like very much like you said with Dak Prescott. This may
1: be a topic for another day, but how silly is that? What's that? That this one sixty minute football game. Is either going to be the difference between eight months of consternation or eight months of uh, look, still may not be sold? Look at, but it's okay. look at what
0: the difference was in that last sixty minutes of the last football game. That That's was true. Playing. All right, people kept their job; people lost their job I on, know. on the basis of it. So every game matters, no question about. It. And, and like I said, I, the other thing for this, and we've talked about it before, is I think people want to see Moorhead have a good game that he had preparation time for. He's been bad off the bye weeks since he's here at Mississippi State, and. He was so bad in the bowl game. The bowl game was so bad last year. It really, really hurt him uh, at Mississippi State. Winning this game, won't, it doesn't. Nobody's jumping on the Joe Moorhead bandwagon because State goes out and beats Louisville in the Music City Bowl. Yeah. But they'll at least not try to burn the wagon to the ground.
1: <laughs> you know? But
0: yeah, if you lose this game, it's gonna be it's gonna be a tough eight months. No question about it. All right, it was a tough eight minutes or so for uh, Mississippi State basketball on Saturday up in uh, New Jersey. But the Bulldogs were able to overcome a uh, mid-first half Kansas State run and put together a game that, Joel, one thing I like to do is I like to look at the box score. And sometimes you look at a box score and you're like, okay, obviously Team A should have won, and you're wrong. I don't look at this box score and think o- overly anybody should have won. It doesn't lend itself to that. But when I look at it a little deeper, it makes me wonder how Mississippi State won. But they did. They beat, they beat uh, Kansas State 67-61. If I had told you that State was going to be down 12 in this game and that Reggie Perry and Tyson Carter were going to shoot a combined 5 of 27. Ew, that's what I would have said. So you have that. State didn't out-rebound them. It was even. 36 rebounds apiece. Um, now, State shot a lot better. Uh, they shot 40% to uh, 32%. They played tremendous defense uh, on them. State, State shot fewer free throws than Kansas State made. So Kansas State had a big advantage at the line. They lost, they lost the game on the line, really. They missed 11 free throws. But all in all, this is not a game that I <laughs> When Perry For Perry and Carter to not show up like that, and I said that, I mean, Carter ended up having 14 points because he made his free throws. Uh, 12 points Robert Woodard, 10 rebounds. Basically, I, I called him as my playmaker, and yeah. he, he basically had what he was supposed to have. Perry only had 7 and 6. But Abdul made up for it. Abdul, I in his last two games has 22 points and 17 rebounds. I'll just say this. If that starts becoming a little bit more normal, if you can rely on abdul Adu for 10 and 7, and then I'm going to get Nick Weatherspoon back in two games, you've got something here. Oh, yeah. You've got something going the right direction. Yeah,
1: because most nights, Perry's going to be close to a double-double not having a double-double.
0: Woodard is going to be between 12 and 13 and 6 and 7 rebounds, and Tyson Carter is going to get you 14, 15 points. Uh You have got something there. abdul Adu is the biggest X-factor ever. Now you already know what you're getting with it from him uh, defensively. You know he uh, he had three blocks in this game, had the 13 points, had the uh, the nine rebounds, stayed out of foul trouble. He had three fouls. If he can, if he becomes anything for you offensively, you you have a tournament team. No question about it. You've got one because when Nick Weatherspoon comes back, at the bare minimum, you're getting 10 points a game out of him. So I mean, Molinar had eight. In 21 minutes, uh, DJ Stewart and Reggie uh, and Tyson Carter played a combined uh, 67 minutes. Okay, so take 15 minutes off of DJ and another, you know, 10 minutes off of Molinar, and that's Nick Weatherspoon. And I mean you're getting a lot more points. Yeah. Because, I mean, DJ had 10. He's probably still good for six in in that that time frame.
1: And probably saving a couple points, too. Yeah, (laughs) and
0: and that's the other thing. Your your defensive ability goes up. This team's defense is really, really good. It's really good because they are so long. They're so athletic. There's no little guy. I mean, I loved I.J. Reddy, but he's 5'11", 100-and-some-odd pounds. And, I mean, he, he just wasn't the kind of athlete that you're getting with Molinar and Stewart and even Tyson Carter. This team, they're long, they're athletic, they can get out. They recover really well on the break. You don't get a lot of transition points against this team. Does this have? Yeah, fast, fast break point. Well, actually, they had 17, but that's that's not been the norm this year. Um, if State shoots the ball any better in this game, I mean, 40, 39.7%, if they shoot 42%, which is still not good, they win the game by double digits. It's a, I mean, it's a comfortable win. They scored 67 points on a team that was giving up 58 points a game. Defensively, I mean, they held a, team, a, a power five team to 32.6% shooting. This was a game, you know, a couple of years ago that they would have lost this game. They would have gone down, you know, those 10, 15 points or whatever they were down in the first half. And they would have tried to come back and probably cut it to two or three and never been able to take it all the way back. This team never quit. never quit playing. Despite the frustration of, of have their two best players not being able to get anything done, they kept grinding it out. They won the game on defense. This is a good basketball team. Yeah. They're going to have some ups and downs. They'll have some losses they shouldn't have. But by and large, right now, this is this is going to be an NCAA tournament team.
1: I think you're right. I, I think you're exactly right. I, I didn't feel like the loss to Louisiana Tech. I don't want to say that it was a fluke because Louisiana Tech's a pretty good team and pretty good teams can sometimes beat you. And that's what happened to state against Louisiana Tech, but that's why I said I didn't. I wasn't really concerned. I mean, it's just it was one of those nights, and and I, I felt like the scheduling being what it was, that you could just kind of flush that game a little bit yeah. and and move on to the next one. And it appears that's what state did. They can't they can they come out and win, and, and now you just got one game left. You got Radford at home on Wednesday night, and that's the last Nick Weatherspoonless game you'll play.
0: Right, and then and also the the schedule starts to get a little more. Regular yeah. And at this point. you know This, this three games and 20-some-odd days that you've done is over. Now you have two games next week, and you just sort of play it. Get a, into that rhythm. A, a little bit more of that rhythm going forward, which is going to be great for Mississippi State. Getting Nick Weatherspoon back. I, I, my only concern is, long-term, I'm not concerned about Nick. I'm concerned about that one game. He's going to come back and try to do too much. I would almost not. I think you mentioned this. I wouldn't start him in that game. I don't remember if I mentioned that or not. I, I think it, I think you may have said something, but if you, I would bring him off the bench in that game. I bet he starts. I bet he does because he's in Jackson too, and he'll <laughs> yeah. get a huge ovation. But I wouldn't. I would just like we're gonna we're gonna take it. We're gonna take it slow here, just because I, I would be concerned about him like shooting threes on the first five oh, possessions of the you game.
1: You know that kid's chomping at the bit, man. Yeah. It, he, yeah.
0: I, I, I might have him play as the two. I might start him at the two until You're going to run the point the first couple of possessions until he gets in the flow of things. Just, because like I said, long term I'm not worried about it. He'll once he gets that out of his system, he'll fall back in the line. But he's got to be chomping at the bit to get back in, on the basketball court, like you just said. So, but I like this team. I, 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 I've said since day one of the season, I like this team. Thought they would be fighting for an NCAA tournament spot. Right now, I mean, I haven't looked the net. Are those even up? Are the net rankings up? Do you know?
1: I don't know if they're up yet or not, to be honest. What about uh, Iverson Molinar just freaking jamming on that <laughs>
0: I'm surprised he's, he was allowed to leave the state. That, he he murdered that guy. Oh, my goodness. Like I remember watching the play, and like he takes off, and I'm like, no. <laughs> and this, is one of the, this is one of those things in sports that you get to enjoy every now and then where it slows down. I can only imagine how slow it was going for Molinar. But for me, I'm like, it, I had enough time to go, no. That's not going to, oh, he did do it. He did dunk it in that poor guy's face. My God. You know, there's a guy sitting on the bench over there uh, from Mississippi State, Derek Zimmerman, who had to look at that and go, yeah, I've done that too. Because <laughs> that's what he reminded me of. That was a Derek Zimmerman kind of play. It, I'll go ahead and tell you right now, Ivers Molnar has the same career as Derek Zimmerman. He's going to be a very productive player. and is going to win a lot of games uh, with him running the point because that, what a fantastic play. I don't, I don't know. I didn't watch the Sports Center top 10, but if that wasn't on there, that was a, uh, a true travesty. Uh, for sure. All right. Tomorrow's show, we gotta basically like find a show between now and signing day. That's nothing else is going on right now. We'll figure it out, and uh, we'll be back with you uh, tomorrow. We will have a ton of signing day coverage, obviously, uh, as MSU puts the first uh, guys into the class of 2020 officially.
1: Tomorrow, we'll just talk about stuff that's not controversial at all. How about the impeachment proceedings? We'll just talk. We'll just cover that right here on Thunder and Light. Jesus. Oh,
0: yeah. That's what we're going to do. That's what we're going to do. We're gonna do. Uh, get your text into us now <laughs> about that. All right. Talk to you guys tomorrow. For Joel T. Coleman,
1: Woo!
0: I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi.